Let's turn our Bibles to Exodus chapter 33 and get into the Word of God this morning. I just wanted to uh, welcome a couple of our missionaries back from the field, Sister Lydia and uh, Brother, Brother Gil. Good to have them uh, back and good uh, for them to have a bit of a, a break, a bit of a rest uh, time. Uh, Exodus chapter 33, and we'll be reading verses 12 to 16 in a little while, covering a little bit of this chapter here. But a new year brings about new hopes, uh, renewed vigor. But just like anything new, it also comes with new experiences and with that new challenges. And the fact of the matter is whether positive or negative, new experiences come with a set of unknowns that we must navigate through. I don't think anyone here has ever experienced a 2018 before. Uh, Many of us have high hopes for the year to come, I think, and yet we must begin this year with our eyes firmly fixed on the one that can help us navigate through its inevitable ups and downs. And some here are going to be encouraging, uh, encountering new things this year. Some of you are new parents. Some of you are newly married. Some of you are going to enter into a, a new year in a new job, maybe in a new location, Uh, Maybe you're coming into a new stage of life. Some of you who were in year six last year, you're coming into year seven. That's a big step, isn't it? Some of you who finished um, high school last year, you're going to enter into uh, a tertiary education perhaps, maybe an apprenticeship, maybe uh, into your year 13, you're maybe taking a break. But all of that is new, isn't it? It's a new stage of life. And uh, maybe some of you here are entering into a new realm of ministry. I know some of you here will be teaching Sunday school for the first time. You'll be entering into small groups. You'll be entering into the new uh, new ministry, maybe the maintenance ministry. Maybe you're stepping up into the music ministry. But in all of that, you're going to be encountering some ups, but also some downs. See, we, we we like to think about new things. We like to think about how exciting new things can be. But if we're really honest with ourselves... And think about it, new things can also bring us a a bit of trepidation. New things can at times bring us a bit of a pause to sort of um, wonder whether we really do want to go forward with this. And and there's going to be some things that you're going to encounter, maybe some teething issues. Uh, There will be other typical challenges that will come with your new territory. Someone once said that a new year is like having a newborn. All right, you start off with sleepless nights. And then you get a big bill at the end. See, a new year is like having a child. And for many of you who, uh, who've had children, who have, uh, have, have had young children, especially your first one, I remember the first, uh, first week we had Vicky. And I remember waking up one night and I, I was thinking, what is that noise? And it was just her crying, all right? But you're encountering something new. We are excited, of course, to have a... Uh, our first child, a brand new baby. We're excited to have her, bring her home. But you know, as part of that package of having a newborn, and as some of you would appreciate this, there's certain uh, sets of challenges that you're now encountering. There's there's dirty nappies. All right, there's sleepless nights. There's nights where you're just going crazy because you haven't slept for days. And many of you, you're, you're, uh, you're encountering those kind of new things. And a new year is like having a, a child. 
that you must get to know and learn to grow with. It comes with new adventures and new learning. It's like going to the first day of, of a new job or first, first day of school. Some of you, again, some of you high schoolers who are entering into this year, you're going into a new school year. But not just that, a new school. Uh, I remember when, we, when, when I finished primary school, we moved to a new area. And I went to a high school where, where I didn't know anyone really. And, you know, some of you, you're moving into a new year with, with some of your old friends, but some of you are entering into a totally new school, and it's new. And you're going to enter into some newness in your life. There's some new things that you're going to be encountering this year, and, and there's going to be some awkward times there of, of discovery and learning and, and feeling your way through. There's going to be challenges that you're going to encounter, and it, sometimes newness brings about these negativities too. Sometimes when we, when we think about newness, maybe there's some new challenges that you're going to face this year, some new trials, some new troubles that you've never encountered before. And we don't often like to think about that at the beginning of the year, but that's the reality, isn't it? Sometimes around the corner, not unknown to us, there might be some things in just in, in God's sovereignty and God's design that He allows into our lives that are going to be challenges that really in, in our estimation will be problems. And what do you do then? And I think that, that it's pertinent for us then to, to recognize just an attitude that Moses had that I think in knowing that and in thinking about that would be, would be applicable to us as we start this new year. And so look at Exodus chapter 33 and notice verse, uh, verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, Thou sayest unto me, and, and we can look at the context here in, in, in verse 1. He talks about them departing, going on to this journey. He said, See, thou sayest unto me, bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now the way that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said in response, My presence shall go with thee, this is God, and I will give thee rest. And then notice Moses' response. He said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight, is it not in that that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, and I and thy people, from all the people from upon the face of the earth. And he's saying here, God, you've given us an onward journey. You've told us to depart and go. You've given me this people to lead. And he's saying here, I can't go on without your presence. This newness that you've given me, this new journey, this new part of the journey, this new phase that I'm about to encounter, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of things that I still have questions about. But don't carry us up uh, onward if you will not go with me. And this was a situation that Moses found himself with. He had been given a directive. He had given, been given a direction. He had the mission, but this was all new to him. This was all new. It was, a, it was a next step forward in their onward journey, but this was all new. And he was reminded by God that he was to take on the journey along with the people 
But this was a journey that Moses had not gone on before. And many of you here, you're going to enter into this newness this year, and you'd never gone this journey before. There's some things God's revealed about this year for you that you're going to be doing that's going to be totally new to you. It's going to be a new phase, a new part of the journey. It's part of your onward progress for God even. And and in all of that, there's a certain sense of the unknown, of of some specific still God is waiting on. And if you know the context of of Moses' cry here, the people had just sinned a great sin. He had just come down from the, uh, from the mount where he had spent some time with God, where God had given him the tablets of stone. And there, while they were waiting, they had formed, along with Aaron, these golden calves. And they were worshiping these things, and they were now in, in great sin. And God had just told Moses, actually, because of this, this sin that pe- the people had, he would not dwell in their midst lest he consume them. Look at verse 3. So he's saying, go ahead and journey. I'm going to give you an angel that will go before you. But then he says this, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in the midst of thee. For thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. And God called them there a stiff-necked people. For they had been stubborn, they had been rebellious, they had worshipped golden calves, idols. In the absence of Moses, as he went with, uh, to, to, to meet with God and get the laws that were going to govern them in their new land. And yet, he, as he comes down, he hears the noise of war. And here he was, he's looking at them. And God looks, I'm not going to go in the midst of you, lest I consume you. And, and let's just be reminded as we make this introduction that, that God is a holy God. And in His holiness, He, he, he will not... He will not be in the presence of sin in our lives. And it's always been sin in our lives that has hindered the presence of God in our lives. It has always been our sin that has separated us from the love and the presence of God. And you know, all of us here this morning would do well to be reminded that as we enter into the new year, if we would seek as Moses does the presence of God, we need to understand the holiness of God. But God in His, in his nature and His attributes is also a gracious God. And let's not forget that as well. And, and it's amazing to me that uh, although God said that He won't traverse with them in the midst of them, that God still provides a way for them to get to Him, to, have, uh, to be in His presence. And look at, look at verse 7 there. And Moses, as he, he often did, he interceded, uh, on their behalf, he went to God, and he said this, God says, And Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. And notice this, And it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. And so still, God knowing the need for him to be sought, for his presence to be felt, He made a way where the tabernacle was without the camp, was outside the camp where they could go, and God still provided them a way to Him. And so in their onward journey, God still desired to make His presence available to them. You see, no matter how you were previously, and you might be thinking, boy, I had a rotten year last year. I didn't really walk with God. 
I didn't really, I, I, I didn't really seek him like I should have. Uh, maybe it's going to be it's the same again this year. No matter how you were previously, God is always willing to make himself available to you if you would draw close to him. If you would walk without the camp, if you would, if you would just take the, the first step in, in asking for forgiveness perhaps, uh, asking for more and seeking for more of God, then he has provided a way for you to be close to him once again. And so here he was, Moses had, had, had put the tabernacle without the camp, and God again in his graciousness and his mercy had provided them a way to, to find him and to have his presence felt in their lives. And, and what I'm saying is you may have had a rough year spiritually last year, but God is willing to forgive you and willing to have his presence available to you if you would take the first step this year. And, and it's great for you here this morning. I'm glad for you this morning that you were able to come together, come with us together here as we gather. Because certainly the Bible tells us that where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of us. And you know, all of us here, we need to understand that God's mentality for us is not to just look backward, but to always look forward. Part of our theme last year was to be determined in Philippians 3.13. He says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. And, and I just want to say that God in His grace has given us a new year. He's given us a new day to be able to come into His presence and to seek Him. And this, this day is not yesterday. This day is a new day. This day is a day that you can go without the camp and go find Him and find rest in Him. So in all of this, as God provided a way, we notice here that only really Moses and then we later on find Joshua sought God and had a desire for His presence. In verses 13 to 15, this was Moses communing with God and him seeking for God as he, as, as he went without the camp. And we notice there that Joshua was there too in verse 11. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the tabernacle. It's interesting to me that as we think about the progression of leadership in the nation's uh, history, we know that Moses disqualified himself, didn't he? He, he, he did wrong by God, and, and God in his, in his judgment said, Moses, you will not enter in, and he anointed and chose Joshua. And notice what the Bible says. Look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And this is a dear verse to me. I often think about this as, we, as I enter into a new year. This was the verse that God used in my life to confirm my calling in ministry, my calling to, to take on the pastorate here and and God has used this verse over and over again in my life. But notice what he said to Joshua. Again, thinking here, Moses was the only one. Joshua was with him. They were the two that really sought the presence of God. And notice what God then says to Joshua. Have I not commanded thee? You see, now Joshua was going to assume leadership. He was going to enter into the promised land with the people. He was going to lead them. But again, it was newness, wasn't it? It was newness in Joshua's life now. And he says, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. And here he promises Joshua, one who, who sought his presence, that he will indeed have his presence in the newness that is to come. And I just want to say 
that, that as we start the new year, that as we think about the newness that we're about to enter into, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your in the ministry, maybe it's in your professional life, maybe it's just simply in God's calling upon your life, that we need to have the desire that Moses had. We ought to desire the desire that Moses had, and it's this, God's presence with us, for Him to come along with us. And so how do we go about and have God's presence in newness? Uh, we all will encounter newness over and over again. You understand that's how time works. Time works because changes happen. Time works and we note uh, time because over and over again we're encountering newness. We will encounter times when we must start anew and start afresh. And with it comes all the unknowns of the future and what we ought to desire, what we need most, is God's presence with us. As we face a new year, we ought to make the commitment that, that, that you desire and seek God's presence with you. Moses couldn't go on without God, and we can't go on without God's presence in our lives. And we must have a sense of our need for God in newness. You know, often we stop at the fear of the unknown when what, we ought to be, what ought to be the catalyst for our seeking God is that fear. We ought to seek God at the beginning of the year and, and seek Him for the newness to come. And I want you to note three, three things this morning that, that, that we see in Moses that we ought, to, we ought to apply for us as we enter into newness this year. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless. Father, thank you again for the time that we have today. And Lord, thank you for the faithfulness of your people to come. Thank you for our guests here, and, and Lord, just the, the time that they've taken uh, to be with us. Lord, I do pray that you'd help us this morning as we open your word, encourage our hearts. Help us, Lord, to grasp the things that, that would help us, Lord, to enter into the new year, that would help us, Lord, to uh, get into the year with, with a renewed hope and confidence in you. And I do pray, dear God, that you'd help us, Lord, to, Lord, just humble ourselves, to listen in, and allow your spirit, Lord, to teach us this morning. Lord, I pray for enabling. I pray, Lord, for your filling uh, for each one this here, this morning, in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And I want you to note Moses' firstly, Moses' separation. And, and here, again, as a tabernacle was positioned, you understand the formation of the camp. The, the, the tribes were arranged accordingly as they, as they housed themselves in those, uh, as nomads in those tents. And without the camp, uh, apart from the camp, was, this, was the tabernacle. It was separated from them. Again, we understand, lest, lest God consume them. And, and so it was, a, it was something that they needed to seek on purpose. It was somewhere that they needed to walk to. And notice here that, that Moses indeed did that in, in verse 8. And it came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle. Notice this, that all the people rose up. They saw that. And then notice it stood and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And, and the people, they looked and they saw Moses going. Moses separated himself to go seek God. And, and I want to say that to, to have the presence of God, we must seek after it. We understand that positionally that, that the Spirit of God indwells us as Christians. We understand that, 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 that really when we think about God and His uh, omnipresence, He is everywhere. But we're speaking about here a closeness. We're speaking about here a, a, a special um, closeness and intimacy 
and, and a sense of God being with us in blessing. And, and here Moses went to seek after God. He, he went to the place that was designated for the people to seek God and be in His presence. And so to truly seek God, he had to purposely separate himself from the crowd and from the norm. You see, to have the presence of God in your life, you must have times of separation, practices of separation, and an attitude of separation. The Bible does tell us in James 4.8, draw nigh to God, and He will draw nigh to you. And listen, the, the order of Scripture is perfect, right? And so the order is this, you have to go before He comes. You draw nigh to God, and then He will draw nigh to you. And, and you know, all of us here who are encountering newness this year, it would do us good to find times of separation. This year, as you approach newness, you must separate yourself to seek God and His presence in your life. Perhaps you'll be encountering some new things this year, some things that will progress you in your onward journey for the Lord. And whilst those come, you will need to have a keen sense of God's presence with you. I'll give you another example. Look at Genesis chapter 32. Look at Genesis chapter 32. And again, none of us here truly know and truly understand what, what newness brings. Sometimes looking forward in the horizon, we can sort of anticipate. But we don't actually know. We don't actually see until we're there. And, and here was a person, Jacob, who for many years had run away from encountering something in his life. And that something was really someone, it was his brother Esau. And so now he, it was time for him to go back to his, his homeland. He, he wanted to go back. He had, he had now, uh, he's now married. He's got many children now. And he's about to go back. And then the problem was this, Esau was in the way. Esau was there. And, and in his estimation, in his fear, he thought, boy, Esau is going to do me in. You know the story, right? Jacob stole the birthright. Jacob took it from him. He, 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 he tricked his father in giving him the birthright and, and, so, and the blessing. And then he ran away to, to his uncle's place. He found and he was, he was married there. And then he, he's now coming back. But Esau was there. And notice there in Genesis 32, look at verse 20. Notice there, and say ye moreover, behold, thy servant Jacob is behind us, for he said, I will appease him with the present that goeth before me. Afterward, I will see his face peradventure, he will accept of me. And so he's, he's anticipating this, he's making a plan, he's going to send presents ahead of him. It's a pretty good move. All right, but he's going to send presents, but then notice this. So went the present ever before him, and himself lodged that night in the company. And he rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford, Jabok. And he took them and sent over the brook and sent over that he had. So obviously, he's, in his plan, he wasn't too confident. He, he, was, a bit, he was a bit fearful that, that even though he had sent presents to, uh, to, to Esau, that somehow that wasn't going to be good enough, that somehow it still wouldn't appease what his perceived anger that Esau had. And so he sends over to uh, strategically away uh, his, his, his family. And then notice what happened. And Jacob was left alone. And so he had separated himself to seek after. And he says, and Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And, and, 
and somehow this happens here. We know that, that it's, it's, uh, it's likely that this was a Christophany God appearing and, and wrestling with him. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And notice what he says. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And so they had wrestled all night. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. But notice there that, that firstly, Jacob was left alone. He, he, he separated himself. He, he was put away. And, and upon facing newness, he was here on his own. He was about to encounter uh, something that was about to happen. And sometimes before we are advanced in our journey here, we must also confront the past. But here Jacob, left alone, wrestled with God and found blessing to head forward in newness. But he had to have, have time to be separated, to be seeking after God. And, and you know that we might need some times of separation. You, must, you might have uh, times when you separate yourself from the norm, from the crowd, and seek to be in His presence. Uh, perhaps it'd be a good thing to daily seek His face. To daily put away some time. Uh, a good suggestion would be in the morning, in the quietness of the day or in the quietness and the stillness of some time in your day, to just be with God. It's a time of separation. Maybe there's times in your weekly weekly schedule where you have times where you fast, maybe you pray, maybe you, you set aside to just meditate upon who God is. Maybe monthly you will go. Maybe you have an annual time that you would go. Maybe specifically there's a specific challenge, just like Jacob was encountering and you would just pause and have a time to be separate away from the crowd. And you know, you're thinking about that, and, and yes, you're right. It's beyond just, just convenience. You know, sometimes it's inconvenient to pause and just seek God. Sometimes it's inconvenient to separate yourself from the norm of your busy schedule and to take some time. But you need some times of separation, but... You need the practices of separation too. And what I'm speaking about here is, is practices that, that have you separate yourself from the fold. Th times of prayer. Times where you specifically pray. Times where you specifically meditate on His Word. Times where you're specifically seeking His face. Perhaps as already has been mentioned this morning uh, during announcements, perhaps sometimes of fasting in your life. You know, I think about many situations where where God's people stopped and fasted so that they can get some direction, so that they can sense the presence of God with them. And it's one of those things that goes against the grain of our society today is just to separate ourselves for a little while and to seek God. We, we, we normalize, uh, we, we argue against that. We, we excuse that. Go, we're too busy for that. I think about, I believe it was, uh, it was Luther who, who, who said, uh, you know, I, I get up a great while before day. He, he got up four hours before his day started. And they asked him why. And he said, because I have much work to do. He separated himself. And, and there ought to be a practice of separation, of prayer, of fasting 
But then we need to have an attitude of separation. And, and what I'm saying is this, even when others don't, we ought. See, it could have been easy. It would have been easy for Moses to just justify not going as well. It was a bit of a walk. Others weren't doing it. You see later on that, yes, the people worship, but at their, at their tents. They didn't go. And we might be bought in and we might look at everyone else. No one else does it. No one else seems to go the extra mile. No one seems to, it just doesn't seem like anyone else is doing it. But sometimes you need to have the attitude that even when others don't, you do. Even when it makes you stand out before the crowd, even when it's inconvenient, we have the attitude or the mentality of going without the camp, of separating ourselves. And I just think there's going to be times this year when you'll enter into newness and you're going to need to go without the camp and separate yourself for a little while and seek God's presence. And, you know, in these times of newness, don't fear. Simply separate yourself without the camp and enter into God's presence. And, you know, as, as Christians this morning, let's be mindful that, that God's Spirit dwells in us. And the amazing thing is this. There's a promise in Hebrews 13 where he says, he said, he said I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You know, the, the beauty of our time is this. We understand that we have the, 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 the Spirit and the presence of God available to us if we would only seek Him. And so this morning, firstly, we note Moses' separation. Secondly, we note Moses' supplication. And if you go back, look at Exodus chapter 33 again. And really this whole scene here that we're reading about was Moses communing with God. It was just him speaking to God. And we would, we would certainly call it prayer today. We call it supplication. But I want you to note the intimacy and the closeness that Moses had. In verse 12, and Moses said unto the Lord, and, and let's not take that for granted. Let's not just read that and go, let's see the context of it. Notice there in verse 11, and the Lord spake unto Moses face to face. And this is an amazing statement. As a man speaketh unto his friend. And, you know, I'm reminded of Proverbs 18.24 where a man that hath friends must show himself friendly, but there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. And, and you know, I want to remind you this morning that as in, you enter into newness, that God desires to sup with you, to be with you. He desires closeness and intimacy with us. And here we see about Moses that God spoke about him as a friend, as, as one that he spoke face to face with. And this closeness with God was brought about, really this, with simple communication with God. And don't underestimate here this morning the power of prayer. Don't underestimate the times where you need to, to have supplication and asking God for His presence as you journey on in your newness. And see, the whole premise of this passage of Scripture is Moses' dialogue with God. And really, Moses asked for the uh, the preservation of the people and the enabling that he needed to do what God had tasked him to do. And you know, I hope that this morning you understand that you need God, that we need Him in our newness, that you just can't enter into the new year. You just can't take for granted as you enter into newness in your life that you've got the wherewithal to handle it. We need God. And so Moses had this relationship with God. He he, he was supplicating with he was he was praying and, and seeking God and and Moses prayed as he prepared to enter into newness and notice how 
and why and what in verse 13. Look at, look at verse 13. Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I had found grace in thy sight, notice what he says, show me now thy way. He was asking for direction. And, you know, as we pray this year into newness, don't just take that step for granted. Ask for direction. Show me now thy way. Don't, don't ask God to show you your way. Ask God to show him his way. What is your way, God? What is the direction I should take in your will? And we ought to ask God for direction when we enter into newness. Hey, it would be a great thing for you new parents this morning to ask God for God's direction for you in how to raise that child. You know, I think I mentioned last week that the hardest thing that, that anyone could do is to raise a child. I think I mentioned last week that, that one of the most difficult things I've ever had to encounter was to, and, and I love my children. I love them. I love seeing how God is working in their life. I love the times where I see, I see them achieve things. And, and I, yet I know in all of that, mixed into that is the challenges of rearing children. And it would be good for us to ask for direction. We need to know the next step because we haven't traveled this way before. And you know, His presence comes with His pointing. See, ask for direction and guidance because He will guide and direct. So he prayed for direction. Notice, secondly, he, he prayed for depth. In, in verse 13, he says, that I may know thee. We understand already that, that Moses and God, they had this friendship. They talked face to face. They had closeness. And yet he goes, that I may know thee. That, that I can know you more. He asked for depth. And ultimately, the journey that takes us further Part of it is the design of it is to have a greater depth of knowing God. And it would be a miss for us to journey and see things without seeing who God is, without understanding who He is more. And, you know, sometimes part of newness is really this, God, show me more of you. You know, Moses asked that later on, and we're not going to read the rest of the chapter. But, you know, Moses asked this, show me your glory. That's a pretty high thing to ask. And Moses asked for more of God. And listen, it'd be good for us to pray this this year. Lord, show me more of you. Lord, help me know you more. Lord, help me have a deeper understanding of who you are and your desires, your character. Help me see you in your word. Help me to see you in the circumstances that you give me. And, and this is really the, the, the ultimate goal. And you know, His presence not only comes with His pointing, His presence comes with His personality. And as we journey with the presence of God, really it's knowing Him. But then notice also He prayed this in, in verse 13, that I may find grace in Thy sight. If I had found grace in Thy sight, and really it was a prayer of dependence. This is the I need you admission. And by the way, Christian, if you've never admitted that you need God, it's about time you admitted that. I need you. It'd be a good way to start each day. I need you, God. And really, Moses was asking there in, in asking for his presence was dependence, and we'll see that later on. But his presence, I want to say, comes with his power. And so rely upon him. Rely upon him. And then lastly, he prayed deliverance. He said, consider that this nation is thy people. 
He's saying, help them, preserve them, deliver them. And he's praying for God to help them go through this, and not just go through it, but go through this successfully. You know, it's okay to ask God to help you run the race successfully. I know it's just about finishing the race, but, but I hope that you'd pray that in the newness of your, of your year, that you just pray that God would help you just be successful for Him. That you'd succeed in, in, your, in your spiritual goals. That, that you'd ask for blessing. That, that you'd ask that He would bless you in your endeavors for Him. You know, we ought to pray for God to come through for us. His presence comes lastly here with His provision, by the way. And we can boldly ask with the knowledge that God is able. And so He prayed. And I hope that, that this year, as you think about newness, that there will be many times of supplication. That as Moses had closeness, as Moses conversed and communed with God, that you would also, as Moses did, separate yourself for times of seeking, but have times of asking. Have times where you're seeking God in that way. But then lastly, and notice here, in verse 15, and really our key verse, he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. And lastly, we see Moses' submission. He was dependent. He, he was submitted knowing that, that he needed God. And Moses knew that he couldn't go in his journey, this newness, without God. You know, often when we've successfully navigated through some previous newness in our lives, I'm speaking about those of you who have gotten on in the years and you've seen some things, you've experienced some things. Maybe you've, you've earned some qualification. Maybe you've earned some experience that has, has, has done you good. Maybe God has even increased you in wisdom. You know, often if you've gone through some newness already and navigated through some newness, often that can become a, a very dangerous time for us as well. You know why? Because we can become self-confident and self-reliant. And maybe you're thinking, well, I've lived X amount of years already. Well, I've gone through two job changes before. And boy, it might help you a little bit. But you know, it's newness. And you're going to need the presence of God. And there needs to be submission. It's in, in these times... We need to hear the words of Moses. If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. See, too many Christians are entering into newness without God's presence, without seeking Him, without communing with Him. And I want to say that we need to be submitted to God's ability and not our own. See, what this was, this was an admission that Moses was needy. Now, Moses was pretty qualified. Sure, he failed, but he was well-educated. He had led through a few years now. But he understood that this was newness. This was an, okay, go on your onward journey. He'd not taken these steps before. And he understood that he needed God. See, let's not approach this new year with self-confidence, but a desperate neediness for God. I know many of you are you like the ocean, and I hope that you're a strong swimmer. I'm not a strong swimmer. And I remember 
Some of you have witnessed my swim stroke, and boy, I, I remember when I was doing swimming lessons, and I remember I had gone up to, and I don't know how I made this, but I had gotten up to the point where I was in the deep end. And we had gone in there, and we had our kickboards, and I had gone in there. And for a little while, I was, I was feeling pretty good about swimming in the deep end. And I was swimming along, and then suddenly I realized my, my instructor was nowhere to be seen. And so, you know, I was, I was probably seven, eight, maybe nine years old, maybe 16, but let's not go through the details. But I was there, and, and suddenly this great fear and trepidation filled my heart. And there I was thinking I was confident. And here I was clinging to a kickboard and to my shame, yelling help. <laughs> and there I was in general public. I probably had five classmates around me. And I'm yelling help like a madman. <laughs> and then suddenly my teacher, my instructor came along and then the confidence filled me back up. And you know, Really what that was, was an admission that I still needed my instructor. And, and this morning it would do us good to just admit again that we don't just need an instructor, we need God. And we ought to realize that without God, we can do nothing. And we must rest in Him. And, and we need to submit to God's enabling by admitting our need. Admit that we need Him. It's no shame. In fact, it's good for you to admit that you need God. No matter what you've achieved. No matter how old you are. No matter how young you are. I think about Isaiah. I think about as he looked at the presence of God, he understood and he said this. He said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm undone. You know what he was? He un understood his need of Him. I think about Solomon when God appeared to him in a dream. And, and Solomon said, I'm just a child. And it would be do us good to, to come to God with that childlike faith. You ever left your children in the dark? And they fear and they're full of nervous energy. And then you come alongside them and they're okay. You know why? Because they need you. And it'd be good for us to have childlike faith again this year. It'd be good for us to be childlike before God. We need to admit our need. And, or we need to acknowledge our limits. And understand that we're not, we're not God. We're not infinite. We're not unlimited. We're limited. There are some things where it's, it's all we can do. And, and I think about I think about so often when God, uh, the Lord Jesus demonstrated who he was, how, how so often, especially Simon Peter, understood his limits. I think about the time where, where, where Jesus told him, cast the net on the other side. And then P Peter understood, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. I think about times where, where proud Peter said, though, though everyone... Not, not I, he, he'll, he won't deny, and then yet he denied Christ three times. And he saw Christ and he wept bitterly. And sometimes God allows those times to help us, just remind us that we are limited, but it'd be good for us to acknowledge our limits. See, what Moses was doing was this. He was admitting his need. 
He was admitting that he was limited. But then lastly, we need to submit to God's enabling by accounting for his might. Don't forget, though, that, that even though we're limited, even though we, we don't know, even though we're needy, that we have a mighty God to rely on, that we have a God who's able, that, that we can not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts, that I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, that, that even though we're limited in our understanding and in our ability, if God's presence go with us, then who can be against us? That as we go through, that, that we need to understand that paired up with our neediness comes the, the reality and the truth that God is a mighty God, that God is a powerful God, that God is a gracious God, that God is, a, is an all-knowing and all-conquering God, and that we can come into newness not with a dependence on ourselves, but a dependence upon our, our mighty God. And so this morning, we need God's presence in the newness. Moses was told to go on in the journey. Uh, he had some setbacks that he needed to leave behind. He was given marching orders from the Lord, but what he needed most and what he admitted to was God's presence in the next step of the journey. And what I'm saying this morning is don't enter into newness. Don't go onward on your journey without seeking for the presence of God to be with you. Let's pray. And Father, thank you, Lord God, this morning for the, for the example of Scripture. Thank you, dear Lord, that, Lord, whether we realize it or not, that over the course of our lives, you've just been, been there to, to help us, Lord, to direct us to even allow circumstances that have shaped and mold us. And yet, Father, Lord, there's, there's a new year with new challenges, new experiences. And Lord, before we go any further, we just want to pause and say we need you, Lord. Lord, we need your presence. Lord, we need you, Lord, to direct our steps. Lord, we can't lean on our own, our own understanding. Lord, we need you. So I pray that you'd help us this, this morning to, Lord, just admit to some things, to, again, just lay our needs before your feet. Help us, dear God, to alleviate those fears by remembering again what a good and powerful and mighty God we serve. And so help us as we have this time, Lord, and with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. The piano can begin to play. I want to challenge you this morning, church. And maybe there are some things that, Lord, aside, uh, folks, aside from the new year, there's some newness in your life. Maybe there's some things that's coming up in the horizon that may fill your heart with fear, may fill you with a bit of angst of the unknown. Maybe it's this morning that you just need to come back to a realization that in the newness, you need the presence of God. And maybe you're here this morning and just with an uplifted hand, don't want to embarrass you, I want to call you out. Say, Pastor, just pray for me. The Lord spoke to my heart. 
There's some things, that, um, there's just some newness. There's some things that God's brought to mind. So anyone at all this morning, just with an uplifted hand, see those hands. Thank you. See those hands. See those hands. Thank you. Let's all stand to our feet. Let's all stand to our feet. If you raise your hand, I want to encourage you to come to the altar this morning.